Is it kind of love that God only knows? Well, good morning, everybody. How are we doing? Good. A little energy today. I hope you guys are doing well. If you're visiting with us or new today, we're so glad to have you. I hope you've been welcomed by somebody. Uh, that's another thing. If you're here today and you don't usually talk to somebody, go to somebody, say hi. I promise they won't bite. It'll be good. It'll be nice. For those of you joining us online, thank you so much for joining us today. Hopefully you're doing well on your couch or your bed or wherever you're watching from. That sounds kind of nice. I'm up here talking and you're sitting on your couch, so I hope you're enjoying it. Um, that wasn't like me trying to be mean or anything. I'm, I'm just being snarky this morning. So, um, all right. Today, uh, we're continuing God Only Knows, but before we do that, I want to highlight a few things. Uh, junior high and high schoolers, lock in this Friday. You need to be there. You need to come. It's going to be awesome. Parents, there is a permission slip in the lobby for you to sign and fill out. So make sure you grab that. If you have any questions, Rhonda, can you raise your hand? Contact Rhonda. Let her know. She will have all the answers. Don't come to me. I'm very limited on what I, I can only handle so many details. Next, August 6th, um, we are teaming up again with the Dream Center. They're having a block party out in Delaware. So if you are interested in helping, it's a Saturday, August 6th. Contact Jason. He's probably going to be there. We're hoping to get a few people out there to help with the block party. But uh, that's in addition to what we do on Monday night. So if that's something that you can do, um, talk to Jason after service. He'd love to have you join him. Um, and then this Saturday, what's happening? Pool party, summer party at the Hills. It's in the emails. If you're not getting in the emails, talk to one of us, or you can go to our website and sign up for the emails. But summer party this Saturday, it's looking like the weather is going to be perfect. So come. You can bring your swimming outfits if you want. If you don't want to swim, that's okay. Swimming outfits, your swimming shorts, your not, uh, anyway, whatever you'd wear to those sort of things. I'm, I'm really on it this morning, guys. <laughs> you know, those like swim outfits that you wear when you get in the pool. <laughs> yes. Welcome to press, where the pastor is weird. Uh, seriously, come if you're, if you're new, or even if you're not new, come hang out with us. We're going to have some fun time. Food and drink is provided. Um, I'm throwing out, I think we need to have like a big splash or a belly flop contest. So all the, every, you just be ready for something like that. I will even, I'll go first if that's what it takes. Um, but we need to do something like that. So be there. It's going to be fun. All right. God only knows. God only knows how to turn this around and make it into a useful time together. Uh, I should probably pray or something like <laughs> God only knows. You know, it's, it's, um, it, it's tough we say God only knows, right? And it's, it's, it's an easy word to say, okay, God only knows, and it's, it's easy to be flippant with that. But, like, deep down, like, the, believing that, like, God only knows. I, I feel like I used to say, I used to wrestle with this of, like, what, what am I in power to do? And now we have a helicopter. It's, it's like, it's, it's, it just doesn't stop. God only knows. All right, here we go. Let's try this again. <laughs> That, like, sounds like a serious helicopter. Like, are one of you guys wanted or something? Like, who did? It wasn't me. No, it wasn't me. It was <laughs> Denny <laughs> raising your hand. <laughs> yeah, it's probably Debbie. Debbie. Debbie probably did something. We have a hard time admitting that we have needs outside of ourselves. 
Um, and I, I used to wrestle with that of like, God, what am I in control of? What are you in control of? What's this, what does this interaction look like of like submitting to God and trusting God while also feeling like I'm in control? Like, I don't know about you, but like, I feel like I'm in control. You know, when I work a certain amount, I usually have a certain outcome. Like, I'm the one who goes to the store and buys the food for my family. You know, it's like, I, I feel like I'm in control. I feel like I support what I need in life. And so today we're talking through God only knows our needs. And when we think about that, like, I go to myself for my needs. We live in a very independent culture right now, like, where I, I, don't, I don't need outside. If I need from outside of myself, I'm weak. I'm limited. And so today we're going to be working in through this, through this idea of God only knows what we need. And so this week, our pastors, we got together, hopped in the car, and we started talking about that. God only knows our needs. So let's take a look at this video. So what are we talking about? God only knows. <laughs> <laughs> I have a need. Well, a need for speed. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what does that look like? Well, when we say we have a need, and is it just something as simple as that, or is there a deeper thing? I, I think know. it's these felt needs and yeah. things like that. Yeah. And I, I think what's really interesting, I was when there's when there's a storm coming or there's something yes. major happening mm -hmm. and everyone thinks they need to run out to the store <laughs> and get all of the bread and, yes. and and milk that they can possibly fit in their cart yes. I, you know which thing just goes to spoil and, you know, exactly they, right and and here's the thing uh in at least our community i'm pretty sure get away most people a have weeks. like <laughs> a cupboard full of stuff and like a refrigerator and a freezer a second, and in some cases a second yeah. yeah refrigerator full of stuff right i mean even if you have half that amount you probably got enough food to survive with a family for like three four weeks easily <laughs> you know you've got rice you got you've rice. got noodles yeah right you, you got pasta making you got rice you know, and beans you're gonna yeah, be fine yeah you will find a way to have food in your belly. But yet, we need to run to the grocery store and grab these yes. particular items. Yeah. Because, you know, we can't survive. Right. I guess the, the question is, is like, well, then how does that translate to our spiritual lives? Yeah. Why is it that we think that we need certain things to such a degree uh, that we're so driven uh, that we really... Uh, I don't know, make kind of crazy decisions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We behave irrationally. There are real needs. Like, yeah. we have real right. needs. Yeah. But often they're not the needs that we say that we have or that yeah. we feel that we have, you know? Yeah. Those are the needs we don't like to admit out loud. <laughs> that's true. And that's what makes it hard to talk about them. Yeah. On Sunday. I guess our real needs, when we express them, it might make us feel awkward or weak or yeah. something like that. Mm -hmm. So we don't really like to go there. We yeah. don't like to admit it. Yeah. I don't want to be vulnerable. I, I mean, right. I might get hurt. <laughs> right. Somebody might use that against me. Yeah. Does, do other people need that too? Yeah. Do I? Do I? If I know, if if it's a common known thing, then maybe I'll be vulnerable. If right. I to, yeah. Expressing real needs, I mean, it does feel vulnerable. Yeah. It's there. Yeah. 
there's a, a, a weakness feeling there. Like, yeah. I, when when it's a real need, it's something you can't gain on your yeah, own. You, you, uh, yeah. You know? And that, that's like the, the sin of our culture. It's yeah. like needing yeah. something outside of yourself. Or yeah. needing someone else's help. Or needing help. someone else's help. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or at least it feels that way. Right. Yeah. It feels that way. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we see expressed throughout Psalms is... You know, yeah. this crying out oh, when there yeah. is a need. It's something oh, it's, yeah. that can't be fulfilled by yeah. oneself. Yeah. You know? Right. And and that's a huge part of the issue is as a society and a culture, we're striving to fulfill our own needs. And those if you if you can do it on your own, then those aren't really needs, right? Right. True. Right. Yeah. That's good. That's true. Then to say that you know God only knows our needs <laughs> is to say God knows our weaknesses. Yes, and, that, that's, and that's scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the omnipotent Creator of all things knows my weakness, <laughs> and then it really begs the question: Will He use that against me? Mm-hmm. And am I willing to come to Him acknowledging that He already knows my needs? And then am I going to, and this is what you were saying, right? Am I going to try to meet them on my own? Or am I going to actually submit to God and say, because you already know them, I'm going to trust that you have a way to meet them. Yeah. That's hard. Yeah. Yeah. Who's, who's good at admitting their needs? Anybody good at admitting their needs? Their needs? Yeah. No hands. No hands. One. Okay. Share with me your secrets. I, I, I remember, um, so I've shared with you guys, I used to, I used to work in the music industry, I used to work with bands and, and mixing and audio and a bunch of this stuff. And I remember, um, I remember early on, and even years into working uh, with bands and, and music, I was, I was so afraid not to know something. I was so afraid not to be the, the expert, right? They're coming to me, they're paying money, I'm the expert in this field. And it's funny when you're, you know, you're working on music and you're coming up with the songs and, and you're supposed to have the good ideas, right? You're supposed to have the good hooks and the, the good melody lines. And I remember this like pressure of like, I, I need to have it all. Like I have, to, I have to know the best drum parts and the best bass parts and the best guitar parts, the most vocal lines, synth lines, and like you name it. Like I, I felt this like, this pressure. And I felt this pressure like I can't have anybody else help me. And if and if somebody else has a better idea than me that's in the band, then that's like the ultimate like failure. Like, oh my gosh, like you you just you're just not good. And I remember um, that feeling of like I can't have need. I can't have help. I have to be the one that encompasses everything and what they would want in a music producer and an engineer. And I brought that into the church world as well. I used to help with, you know, worship stuff and music stuff. And I had that same feeling like I have to know all of it. I have to be on top of it. I have to, I can't have help. And because if I need help, then I have a need. And if I have a need, then I am, then I'm weak, right? And it was this, this, it was a burden because I have to go in thinking that I have to be everything to everyone all the time. And I think we all can probably feel this a little bit in our own uh, spaces of life. That, you know, if, you, if you're a mother, I have to be the perfect mother for my children. I have to do X, Y, Z. And it's like, and if you're the father, like, I have to, you know, provide or I have to do certain things. And if you're a friend of somebody, well, I have to do, you know, it's like, and we put these burdens on ourselves of what we, we, we have to do. And we just wear ourselves down. 
Like, we have to be superheroes. Like, that's basically what we have to be. I have to be the superhero of my family to get everything right. And if I don't do that, then I'm weak. And I can't need help. I, I, I can't. And some of us, we've had people who've let us down in those areas. And so now we're, like, hypersensitive to that, where it's like, I can't, I can't get help. Because if I have to get help, then I'm probably going to get let down, and then I don't want to go through that again. And, and we just go through life in this way where we don't, we, we try to protect ourselves from having needs. We try to be strong, right? We try to be independent in myself. I can provide everything that I need here and today and for the people around me. And I just, I just feel like God's looking down and just shaking his head. Like, poor child. That's not the burden that you're supposed to carry. And yet we do, you know, and it's, it's, it's almost celebrated to be the person that doesn't need outside help. And, and, and that's, that's really why we're talking about today, God only knows our needs, because it's only within God, it's only through God that we understand what we truly need and are okay with what we need. And maybe that's even more of it for, for you today, is, is being okay that you have a need. Being okay that you can't encompass everything that you need. And that's the beauty of following God. And so today we're going to be in Psalms. Um, if you have your Bible, go ahead and turn to a Psalm that you probably have heard before. It's Psalm 23. Very, very uh, familiar passage that I'm sure most of you have heard before. There's a lot of good, uh, good stuff in Psalm 23, and I think it really fits today with with this idea of God only knows our needs. So if you're reading along, let's, let's start. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Such a good psalm. Such a good psalm. And there's so much in here I'm not going to be able to, I mean, we could do a whole series just working through each line of this. But I think right off the bat, right at the first verse, we have something, we have a title that we don't usually uh, see, or we have a, maybe an occupation that we don't fully understand, and that's a shepherd. It says right from the start, the Lord is my shepherd. Any shepherds in the room? No? Anybody know a shepherd? Right, so it's like, right away, the Lord is my shepherd, and we're like, okay, yeah, I kind of get it, he like tends to some sheep, right? And that's just like super basic, like, we, we, we don't understand what it means to be a shepherd. It's not, it's not really a job that a lot of us are seeking out or going after. But simply put, I mean, simply, it's that a shepherd is in charge of the well-being of his sheep. That's the most simple. He's in charge of the well-being of his sheep. Without a shepherd, uh, sheep are as good as dead. Like, they need a shepherd. 
when I say need, like they will die. They will go off. They will fall over. They'll fall into a stream and drown. Like they literally, like I was hearing a story, like if a sheep falls over and like gets on its back, like it'll just, it like can't get over. You know what I'm saying? Like it needs somebody to help get them back right side up. They're, they, they very much need other people. And it's interesting to note, as David wrote this psalm, so this is a psalm of David, that he himself was a shepherd growing up. So he would have very good knowledge about what all a shepherd does, what it means to be a shepherd, and what, what that takes. Um, but here, David's not the shepherd. He said, the Lord is my shepherd, which means David is basically saying, I am a sheep. I am the sheep. The Lord is my shepherd. I am a sheep. I think I can speak for most of us that we're not rushing to be defined as a sheep, right? <laughs> like, um, I'm the lion. I'm the tiger. I'm the strong, independent animal. I'm higher in the food chain. Than I'm, I'm not a sheep, right? Anybody have, like, into the whole spirit animal thing? Like, anybody's spirit animal a sheep, right? <laughs> no, like, we don't get into, like, we don't think very highly of a sheep, and what stands out to me most in, in this, this imagery that Dave is creating is just how needy the sheep is, or a sheep is. How needy they are. They are very dependent upon other people, upon somebody else. And here David is stating from the get-go, from, from the early on, you can see his thoughts that he's, so, he's showing how he views himself, and he's showing how he views God. From the get-go, in, in that first first verse, the Lord is my shepherd. You get so much depth, you get so much thing of, of him saying, I, I'm lowly, and I am very much in need. And you are in charge. You are my guide. You are the one that I look to who I need. And what's crazy here is when David's writing this, most likely he's king at this point. He is a king writing this. I, we probably don't understand the whole idea of kings because we don't have that sort of governmental system, but like he is a king and he's writing this psalm, this song about being a sheep. I am a sheep and you are my shepherd. He's admitting this need again while positioning himself under. And so a question I have for us today is, can you see yourself as a sheep needing a shepherd? Kind of a weird question, right? Didn't think you were gonna be asking being asked at church if you can see yourself as a sheep. But if we, if we see imagery, can we see that, that I am a sheep needing a shepherd? Can I get to that point? And we could, we could probably just stop on this question and work through this question today and have plenty to work through of like, can I give over control? Can I admit that I can't do and I need something from somebody else? Can I admit there's a God? Can I admit that he's in charge and in control and it's, it's best for me? Like what, how he leads is best for me. Can I, can, I, can I take that in? And that's what David is doing. He's admitting that God is in control. And because of all this, if we can get into the, the next part of that verse, because he is my shepherd, what? I shall not want. I shall not want. And this is the whole framework for this psalm. That God is the shepherd and I am the sheep. And, we, and, and we'll see as it goes these images of the way that a shepherd 
would lead his sheep. And then he goes on to address what's important for a sheep. The first thing we see, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. I, I learned something this week in studying that I hadn't heard before. The phrase, he makes me lie down in green pastures. We th- okay, that sounds, sounds nice, you know? The sheep like grass, and, and so that's natural, right? And still waters. Actually, I, I actually heard growing up that the reason why he... The, the whole still waters thing is that sheep would drown themselves, but I actually don't think that's true, so they might fall in and then drown, but anyways, they would say that, you know, if the sheep went down, it would, the water would go to their nose, and then they just drown themselves. Not true. Anyways, but this makes me lie down in green pastures. Lying down for a sheep is extremely difficult to do. It's not an easy task to get a sheep to lie down. And that's what it's saying. Just that phrase, he makes me lie to lie down in green pastures, it indicates something. Because in order for a sheep to, to lie down on its own, it needs four things. It needs to, to, because of how timid they are, they need to have no fear. So that's the first, the first thing that a sheep needs to, to lie down is there needs to be no fear. So it has to feel protected. It has to feel safe. The second one is it can't have friction with other sheep around it. It, it needs to have, you know, a little wiggle room, right? If, if other sheep are elbowing it and stuff, like, it won't, it won't lay down. It won't, it won't calm down. The third thing is, if it's being aggravated by, like, flies and pests, it won't, it won't lay down. And then the last thing is, it can't be hungry. So it has to be well-fed. It can't be fearful. It can't be overcrowded or agitated. And then that's how you would get it to lie down. And so there's this, there's this depth here, even in makes me to lie down in green pastures, of, of saying, because of how good of a shepherd he is, I can lay in green pastures. I can calm, I can relax. I, I can't help but think of like the similarities of us as, as human beings, how much is going on in our lives, right? Like life bombarding you, like you gotta get that bill paid, you gotta get your kids to this, you gotta meet this appointment, you got to get this deadline, you got to do, got to do, everything going on, and we're just, it's constant. And then someone's like, well, just relax. (laughs) I can't. I can't relax. I got too much going on. And to see God as this presence in our lives, it can allow us to actually (sighs) exhale, to stop, to sit, to be, That is what David is saying of God here. That even though all of this is going on, everything that he allows me to lay in green pastures. Doesn't that sound nice? Like when I think about that, like for all of us who are overstressed, overburdened, overscheduled, over everything, over, 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 like rest, just being. You know, we were talking about it with the pastors this week. Like when we... When we chill, like, what we do? We, like, watch something. We, like, sit on the couch and we watch something. You realize that's not relaxing. I don't, I don't know if you didn't know that. Newsflash, watching TV is not relaxing. Because all it does is make your head continue to work and your brain continue to work, and you're really not relaxing. And you wonder why we're so exhausted. Because we go from work to something else to, oh, I'm going to watch a movie or I'm going to Netflix and watch, you know, five, six, ten episodes of something. And then you, like, go to bed and get up the next morning. You're like, why am I so tired? 
because we're not resting. This is something you need. Again, God only knows our needs. He knows that we need this. He knows that rest is so important for our souls, for who we are, and yet we're not resting. And maybe some of it is because we're not understanding that's truly in God that we find our needs, we find our rest, and we're continuing looking to things that we can control, we can do to find that rest. And I want to say, too, in, in, a, in a psalm like this, I don't want to go too literal here. You know, you can, these are songs, right? These are expressions. This is David expressing who God is to him. And that God allows him to have rest. God allows him to be led, to have his, his soul transformed and renewed. He's speaking truth out of his own heart. And so he's seen this. David has seen how God has, has, has blessed him, how God has sustained him, how, how God has provided for him. And this is a reflection of that in these verses here. And so after probably the first three verses or so, you know, the, the, the first, couple, first three verses are pretty positive, right? You're leading me, you're guiding me, you, uh, there's rest. It's, it's good. And then we get to verse four. And he says this, even though I walk through the valley, even though I walk through the valley. Wait a second. We were just in green pastures. Why are we in the valley? And I think this is a, this is a lie that we, we can easily fall into as, as Christians, is we think that when we are being led by God, that all we have is nice, relaxing, green pastures. And that if you don't have these green pastures, that you're doing something wrong, right? You're, you're struggling, you're going through something hard, well, obviously, you must not be listening to the voice of God. And that's not necessarily true. And we see it here, even though I walk through the valley. And one of my points here today is this, a life following God is not void of difficulty. You following God, you seeking after God and God leading you doesn't necessarily mean that you're not gonna have some difficult times. Newsflash, we live in a broken world. There is sin, there's brokenness. We, we have finite bodies. My body will, will wear out eventually. Like, this is the life we live in. People are hurt. You hurt, hurt people hurt people? Like, we hurt people. Other people hurt us. We live in this tension of life all the time. You are not, you are not uh, in a bubble that you're going to be just kept safe from all of this stuff. And even if you were, that is not, that's not what God wants for us, right? We know that life can be hard and I don't want us to think that just because we're in a difficult time, just because you're in a, maybe in a valley today, that God doesn't know what's going on. Because what does it say right after that? That he's there. That he's there with you. Even though I'm in the valley, you are there. You are with me. And because of that, it says, I will fear no evil. Because of his presence, I will fear no evil. Whatever I'm facing today, I can face it because I know you are there with me. He is there. I can be surrounded by enemies. I can be in a valley. I can feel like everything's closing in around me. And the psalmist said, I will fear no evil for you are with me. 
Who needs that today? I, I, I need that today. I need to know that in my difficulty that I have somebody greater than me next to me. That there's somebody there who sees me, who's with me. And I think it's, it's, it's difficult to, it's difficult to admit that it's through these hard times that I grow the most. It's in the valleys, it's in the difficulties, it's in the trials that I grow the most. I don't like that. I don't like that one bit. I, I want an easy life. I want to just be naturally good. I want to just naturally grow and mature. And yet we see that it's through these difficulties, it's in these valleys that we tend to grow the most. And that's uncomfortable. But if I think about, if we get back to the, the point of today's message, if I think about God knowing my needs, he knows how I need to grow. He knows where I need to be for where he is taking me. God is taking you somewhere. You are on a journey, you are on a path, and he knows what that next point is. You do not. It's, it's funny looking back on times that seemed really uncomfortable and didn't make sense. And now, e even through this, being a pastor and starting this church and us doing this church thing, seeing like, oh, man, if I wouldn't have went through that, I wouldn't have been prepared for what I'm doing right now. I don't like it. It wasn't fun. I wish I didn't have to go through that. But it, it actually prepared me for what I'm dealing with right now. And so to understand that God, being in control, knowing all things, can actually be leading you through something that's uncomfortable and not fun and difficult and heartbreaking, to trust that, you know what, God, maybe you know best about what I need. And that's a really uncomfortable place to be in. Because... We don't like waiting. And all I can know is the here and the now. All I can feel is the here and the now. I'm not sensing that joy in the future yet, or I'm not sensing that, that growth in the future. I'm in it. I'm in the mess and the muck of it right now, and it doesn't feel good. And yet... The psalmist can say that even in those times you are with me, you are guiding me, I can trust you. God is less concerned about my happiness than he is about who I'm becoming. If I'm becoming more like him, if my faith is growing, if my trust, if, if I'm reflecting more of him than I am my sinful self, this old life that I'm saying that I'm, that I'm getting rid of. God cares about you, and he takes care of us, but there is times in our lives where it's not fun. And if you think that God's love is contingent upon you feeling good or feeling happy or having everything that you think you want and need— you're going to have a hard time seeing God as somebody who loves you. And, and we get back into that old way of thinking that even the Pharisees had trouble with it. It's, 
I do, I do, I do. If I do good, it's good. If I do good and, and your relationship with Jesus, your relationship to God is now about what I can do and has nothing to do with what God is doing and has done in your life. It's all about me. I can do, I can do, and I work, and I work, and I try, and I'm, I'm good, and wait, why is bad things happening? But I'm doing the right thing. And it's this cycle of us becoming mini G-gods in our life. I'm in control, I control what I need. And that's just not how to live. You're gonna be tired, you're gonna be exhausted, you're gonna look at God in a way that is not true to who he actually is. And it's just, it's just gonna be depressing. Because you can try and try and try all you want. And that's the beauty of the gospel is that we need Jesus. We need God in our life. And, and here's the, the, the thing. I was talking to Sierra about this before service. The, the crazy thing about the Psalms is this is, this is pre-Jesus dying on the cross and rising again. You know what I mean? Like, these are people who had faith in God. He was going to deliver them. They, they knew that he was going to deliver them. There would be a, a savior. And they had faith that there was going to be this coming savior. And so they're writing. Everything that you see in the Psalms is out of faith in who God is. And that he is going to be doing, he's going to redeem them, he's going to save them. And so for us today, knowing what we know, believing in the fact that Jesus died and rose again, how much more can we have faith and trust in the goodness of God, in the power of him in our lives? And still, even through that, even in, even in David not seeing quite what was going to happen yet, he can get to a point that's like basically no matter what, he trusts that God is with him. He trusts that God will lead him. He trusts that God will provide what he needs. And so we get this at the end. He says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He, he listed all the reasons why he shouldn't want, why he won't want. But we come back to this, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Can we rest in who God is today? And because, because of this, and we see this in, in Psalm 23, I have four things that I see, that because the Lord is my shepherd, I can be secure. I don't have to worry about being secure. My, my eternal security is found in one person. It's in God. Not in my actions, not in my own ability to try and be holy. It's found in him. Because the Lord is my shepherd, I am restored. It doesn't matter what I've been through or where I've been or anything else. I am restored. I am seeing how he sees me. Because he is my shepherd, I am guided. I think a lot of us need to do a better job at including God in what we are doing. Trusting the Spirit of God to, to speak to us, to work through us in whatever we're ha whatever's happening. And last, because he is my shepherd, my needs are met. He knows your needs better than you know your needs. He understands that it's bigger than just getting the thing that we want. He sees the long term. He sees the long journey. I think we miss that in our, in our Christian faith and even in the church sometimes. You're on, you're on a journey. 
Where you are today is not gonna be where you're gonna be in a year, hopefully, or in five years or in 10 years. What's your journey look like? Where is God taking you? How are you maturing? How are you growing? This is a process. This is a process that just, it continues. And if we allow God, if we include God, I believe that we see growth, we see maturing, that we see our faith become more. As you came in, uh, hopefully you guys got communion packets. If you didn't, if anybody needs a packet, can you raise your hand? We can get you a packet. Anybody need a packet? Are you good? Awesome. If you're joining us at home, you can grab juice or wine or whatever you have. Grab some bread. We're going to be taking communion together. Communion is it's a, it's, it's a special time. When I think about this, you know, cool thing about church, we got people different age ranges, different nationalities, different ages, different amounts of money, and yet we can come here and we can unify. We can unify around something that's not politics, we can unify about something that's not sports or about some fad going on or how we dress or whatever it may be, but we can unify around something bigger and greater than all of us. And that's, you know, having faith in who Jesus is and having faith in what Jesus did for us. And so I'd ask you to take your elements, take your, your wafer. The night that Jesus was with his disciples, they were together, they were eating, and he, he, he broke bread and he... And he he lifts it. This is my body, which has been broken for you. And so all of us together, wherever we come from, whatever happened this week, whatever is going to happen this coming week, we can, we can take this and we can remember the goodness of God and that he, he gave himself for us. And so let's take the cracker and celebrate and remember his body was broken for us. later that night, he took the cup of wine, and he said, this is my blood which has been shed for you. And let us, let us remember, we celebrate, and we are thankful, but let's remember truly what this means, the sacrifice, the pain. He did that for you. He did that for us because he loves us so much. So let's take the, the cup, let's drink. God, I thank you that you know exactly what we need. Even if we are unwilling to admit it, you know exactly what we need. And God, I pray for not only myself, but everybody here and everybody watching, that we will be able to, to approach you how David did, 
to be able to admit that you are our shepherd, that you are the one who leads us, that without you, I'm as good as dead. We need you, God. I know that I'm limited on my own. I know that I can't do everything that I need. So I pray that all of us today, we, we would have a, a sense of, of gratitude, a sense of your love, and that our faith would grow because of knowing that you are with us. You are in the midst of us. You are with us even now, God. I pray that you would lead us, that you would guide us. As Psalm 23 said, we, we pray that you lead us paths of righteousness, God. We need your help. We love you so much. We thank you for this time. We thank you for your presence. In your name we pray. Amen. I invite you guys to stand with us as we continue in this service. Um, after service, if you would like, I believe there, do we have prayer team today? If you would like prayer, um, you can, in the back corner, we'll have some people that can pray with you if you'd like prayer for whatever it is. But let's stand and continue to worship together.